Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Seven hogs, eight hogs, nine hogs, ten 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 hogs. Hello fellow football fan, Erik ten Hag is the new manager of Manchester United. He made the move over from Ajax Amsterdam, where he won three domestic league titles, two domestic cups and one Super Cup. Of course, Den Haag also famously reached the semi-finals of the Champions League with Ajax in 2019, seconds away from the final before being denied by Tottenham's Lucas Moura. He's come to be known as one of the most interesting managers in the world of football. But how did he get here? How did Erik Den Haag become the man to save Manchester United? I spoke with six different people who worked with Erik ten Hag, from the day he put his pants on backwards at his first coaching job at Goat Eagles, to the way he dealt with the tough personal situation at FC Utrecht, and the night he destroyed Real Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium with Ajax. This is the calculated rise of Erik ten Hag. My name is Sam van Raalte and welcome to the home of football. He was coaching every mistake we did, every fault we did, every ball who bounced. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I called him uh, 20 times to stay, but yeah, Eric made the decision. From this moment, I started to see football from a very different way, thanks to Eric. You know, something happened with the coach privately with his family. So our preparation was, was different and, and difficult because um, we were all concerned. Probably I will be like uh, Eric Ten Hag and Alfred Schroeder. This was uh, my best coaches that I have and uh, I'm sure they are one of the best in the world. Back in the day, Erik ten Hag was a centre-back in the Netherlands in the 90s. He spent most of his playing career at FC Twente in the Dutch Eredivisie. Ten Hag was a decent football player, but he didn't win a lot of trophies, apart from a domestic cup with FC Twente. After his career as a football player, ten Hag started taking up coaching classes. After obtaining his UEFA coaching license, he became an assistant manager. First at FC Twente, then at PSV Eindhoven. After six years as an assistant manager, it was time for Ten Hag to spread his wings. He was appointed manager of Go Ahead Eagles, a club from the Dutch city of Deventer, in 2012. Go Ahead Eagles is a club that regularly yo-yos between the first and second divisions of Dutch football. However, when Ten Hag took over, the club had been lingering in the second tier for 16 consecutive years and desperately wanted to regain promotion to the top flight. Marnix Kolder was the main striker of the club at the time and he has fond memories of his time with Erik Ten Hag. It was Ten Hag's first season as manager, and not everything went according to plan from the very start. 
Eric came into the dressing room and uh, had his pants on backwards. And uh, the third keeper, uh, he played one match and he, he was a, a young guy and, and he, he uh, raised his finger and he said, he said, uh, you have your pants on backwards. <laughs> and yeah, the whole dressing room was laughing. But yeah, Eric noticed and, and, and just went on with the discussion. Yeah, that was a typical Eric. He, he, he don't let anyone distract and and. No, and then, then we, we we go to the training session. He went to the dressing room and uh, <laughs> and, and he came uh, back with his uh, yeah, pants uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very funny. All right, so Tanakh quickly put his pants on the right way and got to work. Marnik Skolder was in the twilight of his career at the time. He was 31 years old and slowly approaching retirement. But Ten Hag completely transformed him in the final stages of his career. Eric uh, gave me a sense of responsibility because he, he, he made me uh, the captain of the team. And, and under Eric, I learned what it means to play professional football. I mean, uh, uh, do extra workouts for yourself, pay close attention uh, uh, to your diet and, and, and rest well. Yeah, what I also learned... Yeah, is that you should not leave anything to chance so that you keep everything in your own hands. Yeah, Eric is a trainer. He has a clear vision of how he wants to play with his teams. Yeah, he, he never uh, panics. He's, he's always in control. He always knows uh, exactly where the opportunities are for his own team. The squad consisted of players from various ethnic backgrounds. Because Suriname is a former Dutch colony, a lot of players with Surinamese heritage play in the Netherlands. Sendrino Misijan is one example of that, and he was a part of Goethe Eagles under Erik ten Hag. As he remembers it, the group of Dutch Surinamese players was a bit more extroverted, so to speak, than the other guys in the team. But ten Hag knew how to connect with everyone on the team. It's now been almost a decade since they worked together. But Sendrino Misijan still often thinks about the lessons he learned from Erik ten Hag. We had uh, guys like uh, Quincy Promes, Jarsinho Antonia, and then you had a direct opposite of us, like, you know, Manix Calder, you know, the other guys who were, they are more calm and stuff, and you know how to approach us differently, you know, and, you know, sometimes he, he, he could do it by um, being a little bit hard. Sometimes he would pat you on the shoulder like, hey, you've done well, but it worked out. There was no one who was mad at him or something for not playing or st- and stuff, you know. So he let us uh, evolve in a way that I didn't uh, seen before because he was clear, you know, if there was something, he always had uh, images videos and would call you into his office like hey uh, Mr. John listen uh, this game uh, you were left back and I wanted you to play more in front when you play the ball or you had to be there and not behind you know so he was very clear about what he's what he wanted in his way of playing football you know from this moment I started to see football from a very different way thanks to Eric so for me, he was a people's manager and also the guy who could tell you the truth, but on a way you could accept it and even wanted to go even deeper for him, you know. And now I'm like 33 and even now I play at a, fair, a lot lower level than before, but even now I have a lot of 
advantage of his training is what he said, you know. So, you know, he was one of the most, I think, the most important persons in my career. He showed me a lot in a short year, you know. Like Sandrino said, under Ten Hag, everything had a purpose. Marnik Skolder discovered that as well that season, when he asked for one training session off because of some personal matters. It was an unimportant training session the day after a game, or so Marnix thought. I asked Eric for a training free due to private uh, circumstances. And uh, I said to him, uh, Eric, ah, th- this training is not so important. It was a, a training session after a match. And <laughs> Eric raised his finger and he said, Marnix, all my training sessions are important. My former trainers, did, that was sometimes it was training to train. And Eric's training sessions, there was always an idea behind. Always. Yeah, one time I, 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 I had to drive 140 kilometers to, uh, to Deventer. And uh, it, it, it was snowing. And uh, I think it's 20 centimeters of, of snow on the, on the road. And, and I called Eric and I said, what, what do I have to do? And he said, yeah, come to the training. I, I think I was uh, two and a half hours uh, on the way to go to Deventer. And uh, we trained, uh, I think, uh, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And I, <laughs> I could back to, to where I live. So, yeah, that was also Eric. Always uh, an idea behind uh, the training. That's so important. And uh, I drove 140 kilometers with pleasure every day. That's, that's because uh, Eric was the trainer. It was a great pleasure to work with, uh, with Eric. Yeah, it was a great pity that, that, that he left Go Ahead. And, and yeah, I called him, uh, I called him uh, 20 times to stay. Uh, uh, but yeah, Eric made his decision and uh, went to, uh, to Bayern Munich. Ten Hag pulled off the impossible when he won the playoffs with Go Ahead Eagles to secure promotion back to the Eredivisie. He brought the club back to the first tier for the first time in 17 years. Ten Hag left Go at Eagles after that one season to become the manager of Bayern Munich's second team, while Pep Guardiola managed the first team affairs. Ten Hag packed his bags and moved to Munich. Tobias Schweinsteiger was the main striker of Bayern's second team at the time. You're probably thinking, that name sounds a bit familiar. Well, he's the older brother of former German international Bastian Schweinsteiger. Tobias was approaching the latter stages of his career, but he had a similar experience to Marnik Skolder with Erik ten Hag. He went through something he had never experienced before as a football player. I was in my last stage, so I had my, my last uh, two years as a footballer. Um, yeah, and um, for me, it was he was the first coach um, where I felt like, okay, uh, this makes sense what we train. Um, every training session makes sense from the warm-up to the, to the, to the last... Um, to the last game, um, every everything had um, purpose, yeah. Um, so you 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 exactly knew in the warm up in the first rounders we played, um, what is the principle we work on to on in the training session, and that was that was really good, and we improved a lot in that time. And also for me as a player, I felt the first time in my life, I. Um, you you can teach the players something. Yeah, you can improve players. Um, so and that's what I was always looking in my whole career for. For me, it was like he created that style of play. The the coaches we had before at the Bayern um, under twenty three or in my other teams, 
uh, we didn't have that style of play. It was like, okay, we won a lot of matches. Um, we promoted, but we, I didn't feel like, okay, we had one style of play. It was all a bit out of um, mentality and um, a good group, but it was never about the style of play. And um, in that time, I, I felt like, for me, I improved as an old player. I improved my whole positioning game, my pressing game. Every Everything was, before it was like, okay, I feel I have to stay in that space or, or run in that space and then, then it's good. But um, I, I, I did it for myself, what I felt. And um, after training with him, I felt like, okay, I have to be in that space cause of this and that because <laughs> uh, the situation is right now this situation and when i'm in that space i create another situation or i can create another situation when i get the ball or if i don't get the ball and um before i was only moving on the pitch like like i felt and i was a fast player and um i only used my individual skills and with him as a coach i felt to use my individual skills in a team. Ten Hag had a specific method to improve his players at Bayern's second team. In the beginning, he had a habit of coaching every single mistake the players made during practice. This resulted in very long, excruciating training sessions. The detailed coaching in the passing drill was unbelievable because before I did 12, 13 years of passing drills to play the ball from A to B, from B to C. And he... He was coaching every mistake we did, every fault we did, every ball who bounced. That was unbelievable. In the first few months, it was a bit like, um, not, not stress, but it was, um, yeah, we weren't used to it. And it was like, ah, oh, he's coaching everything. He's talking to every fault. But it was like he wanted us to be perfect in that passing drill because the passing drill is without opponents. And so it's an easier situation, like, uh, than in a rondo is uh, in a rondo or in a game when a match and it was like okay he he wanted us to be perfect in that part to be prepared for the other part and um that was really cool to see because um, i never had this before and yeah like like i said before i also improved my my passing skills <laughs> there was and um the first touch was important and I remember he always um, bouncing balls in Germany. He always said uh, in, in his Dutch German, he always said no, keine Hoppelbälle, also no bouncing balls all the time. Keine Hoppel, keine Hoppel. It was when the ball bounced, it was a bad pass, even if you ca- could score after the pass. But the pass was bad. So um, and he wanted us to play a good pass, then it's a bigger chance to score, for example. And that was that was really cool. I never felt the um, the real passion for coaching but in that time I, I, I fall in love with coaching because um, yeah he showed me how you can improve players and you can improve a team and it was well, really nice yeah, to see Ten Hag noticed that Tobias had become interested in becoming a manager and made sure he could assist a coach from a Bayern youth team those were Tobias's first steps in the managerial arena He's currently an assistant manager at FC Nuremberg. Tobias and Ten Hag still regularly speak with each other. When Ten Hag was still at Bayern, 
the first and second team often trained next to each other. Ten Hag got to see Pep Guardiola work with his team up close and he tried to implement some aspects of the training sessions he liked on his own team. Here's Tobias Schweinstein on the dynamic between Ten Hag and Guardiola at Bayern. Mm, I think that fit uh, fitted very well because um, Eric's uh, style of play is, yeah, it's, it's both, uh, yeah, Johan Cruyff. I like the, the style Johan Cruyff played and um, there was, I think there was a, a good connection between them um, and yeah, I, I think they had more talks than I know. <laughs> um but it was it was easy because we trained um, next to each other on the pitch. So the, the first team trained only 10 meters away from us. So you can see um, what 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 was Pep looking um, in the training for, and Eric always watched uh, their trainings too. It was like we did the like the same passing drill, um, and and you see the first team they play pass, first touch, pass, first touch pass, um, layup, pass. It was like bam, 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 bam with one ball all the time and we did the same on the other side. It was like pass, first touch, pass a slower and we used every ball out of our ball net. <laughs> like we used uh, we used to play with all the 10 balls and the first team were playing with one ball like bam, bam, bam. And he, that was, he was so um, impressed about that, that he's so, he wants to be perfect and he wants us to be perfect too. So we did this all the time. And at the end, I think we used just uh, two or three balls and uh, and we speed up. And, uh, and then um, for our team, that was uh, perfect enough then. But um, that was good also for him to see, okay, because sometimes as a coach, you are, you think, okay, we are good right now. And then you see, on the other pitch, one of the best teams in the world, playing the same drill, like and they are faster, they play harder balls, and you know, okay, there's also a gap to the top. Pep Guardiola was recently asked about his opinion on Ten Hag and their collaboration at Bayern during a Manchester City press conference. Here's what Guardiola said. Listen, we spoke quite regularly as an incredible person, human being. Uh, I was surprised how humble and good. And after about the quality skills, just take a look. His Ajax in the last years is a, a joy to watch uh, in many, many things. So not just the, the year they got semi-final and for little details, they will not reach the final. Uh, the game we play against Benfica at home was exceptional, but football is like this. So you should, I don't know how many times, 20, 30, the other one, one or two, you can lose a game. So, but the proposal is is for Ajax culture. Ajax is is one of the teams, so maybe the team that have a, an incredible pattern, mythology, tradition in the way they play. It doesn't matter the manager, the players always they defend. Since Rinus Mitchell or Kovacs or Johan Cruyff in that period, so and they continue the legacy at the end. Always is. If he's able to do, you know what you believe in, and uh, this is the challenge. Personally, is what I try to do in Munich. When I leave Barcelona, I come here. When I leave Barcelona, too. So to prove myself, if uh, what I believe, do it in our countries. And but in terms of quality, just take a look at his teams. So define define a manager. You have to watch the teams for a long time. I said, okay, this is the team. And this manager make them players play, and there's no doubt about that. But the relation we had was incredibly good. 
and especially when I spoke the there when we chat about football and second team, the players, whatever, it always was exceptional guy. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tanakh went on to win the regional championship with Bayern's second team in 2014. He returned to the Netherlands a year later to become the manager of FC Utrecht, an established Dutch Eredivisie side. Edson Braafheid was part of Tanakh's FC Utrecht squad. He wasn't a regular starter, but he held Tanakh in very high regard, especially because of the way he dealt with the substitutes. Here's Edson Braafheid. He makes sure that he involved the whole team. You know, he makes sure that the players that are not starters to make sure that they realize what their impact is, you know, and that they are a part of the team and that they got to be ready at all time and that they have a responsibility um, as their role at this moment. He dives into the characters of the players, of, of, of the human being as well, um, getting to know them and and and. and know how to communicate with them and, and keep them keep them um, on the tippy toes to make sure that they are ready. It's it's about giving attention, right? Um, obviously, you know the starters they they get normal normally they get a lot more attention than the substitutes or that the not the starters, you know, but he made sure that the 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 the, the guys that are not starting um, to make sure like hey when you get in, this is what's being expected from you, you know, and um, um, you are a part of the team on the training. He makes sure he invests the same amount of time that he put into the, the starters, you know, to make sure that he put into the to the non-starters, you know, and he he has tactics like he always switch up the way of training like starters with starters and the starters against the non-starters and then he mix it up like he will take guys that are usually not starters and make them and play in the starter team so they also get that feeling of hey just in case something happened and that i do need to start i know what i have to do i am prepared you know so small small examples like that um gives the whole team a feeling of being a part of it. At the time, Ruud Boymans was FC Utrecht's most prolific scorer. 
But he was still recovering from a serious year-long injury when Ten Hag took over the reins at FC Utrecht. Boymans was also a bit of a party boy, so Ten Hag had to find his own way to get the best out of the striker. Here's Ruud Boymans on the way Ten Hag managed to get through to him eventually. He was very good in relationships with the, with, with, with players and he know how to handle with every player. And for me, he knew um, I partied sometimes and I was, for example, smoking cigarettes. I see he knew I was smoking uh, cigarettes and um, yeah, but he know how to approach how, how to approach me. And he, for example, in the bus, um, when we had a away game, then the, the bus was waiting and sometimes it was too late because I was having a smoker, having a cigarette. And then I came into the bus and then he said, Ruth, how was your cigarette? And then we were laughing. And so that's the way how he's, he's um, handling his players. Every, every player had his own approach. And um, yeah, that's nice. I was training hard and I was playing good and uh, I was an important player for the team as well. So uh, maybe that helped as well, of course. The, the way his vision is of football uh, made me more professional. Um, to how to how to experience football? Yeah, he was the best uh, manager I had in my career. He was very open with uh, communication. Tactic-wise, he was uh, he was for me very impressive. He always knew how the opponent was playing, and he had always a plan. And with this plan, he communicated very well with um, with the team. And yeah, most of the times he was always right. So yeah, for me, he was a very impressive coach. Yeah, I think he's the coach who had the most uh, of the biggest um, influence on me. Boyman's return from injury after being ruled out of action for a year. He scored 10 goals in 15 games under Ten Hag and subsequently earned a lucrative transfer to a club in Dubai. Boyman's is retired now and still enjoys the money he earned during his time in Dubai. He's convinced he would have never been able to make that transfer if he hadn't worked with Ten Hag. FC Utrecht reached the playoff finals for European football the year after Boymans left for Dubai. Playing in European competitions is a very big deal for a club like FC Utrecht. So, there was a lot on the line for the club. However, they lost the first leg away to AZ by three goals to nil. It seemed like an impossible task to turn things around in the second leg. And then, disaster struck. News broke out that Ten Hag's son was involved in a serious car accident. Luckily, he survived, but he was immediately taken to a hospital. Ten Hag subsequently was absent for a number of days in FC Utrecht's run-up to the second leg of the playoff finals. But he made sure he was there in time for the return leg. Here's Edson Bravheid and what happened next. It was a special game because uh, um, we were with a back against the wall. It was an impossible uh, <laughs> game um, to, to to turn it around. But also, uh, you know, something happened with the coach um, a couple of days before the second game, you know, privately with his family. And um, so our preparation was um, was different and, and difficult because, um, yeah, we were all concerned. Um, about this uh, situation and um, he was yeah so professional he came he came um, on the day of the game you know and and of, of the situation that happens everybody he was like hey um, the coach is here even with what what is going on 
you know, the coach is here. And it gave us some, some, something to fight for, you know. It gave us that, that extra strength to fight for him. Um, even what was going on, he made it here for us to, to, uh, to finish this game. That motivate us, you know, and, and, and uh, to accomplish a special moment in our life. <laughs> so there was, there was something special, not, not, not only for him, you know, uh, what he was going through at that moment, but also for, for us, um, that it gave us, like I said, an extra power to, to, to finish this season, a good season that we had, you know, to finish strong. Quite incredibly, FC Utrecht managed to score three goals to win the game 3-0. The game went into extra time and then penalties. FC Utrecht only missed one of their five penalties. AZ missed two out of five. Parasit, hij zit erin. Utrecht gaat naar de voorronde van de Europa League. FC Utrecht had pulled off a miracle. They turned around a 3-0 defeat to bring European football back to Stadion Galgelaar. It was a very special day for Ten Hag and his players. Especially after what happened to his son. Here's Edson Brave. Yeah, we did the impossible thing. Came back from a 3-0 loss. And at the end, won it with, uh, with penalties. And that game on itself was was something, yeah, so so special. I don't know if you, it, it gave us all the feeling of, you know, when Liverpool played against uh, Milan in the Champions League final, um, coming back from a three 0 as well, and still able to win the game at the end. So, yeah, it was fantastic, man. It was fantastic. You know, at moments like this, um, um, you know, for for a person to show up. Um, you know, means a lot. Um, he came to, to finish the job with us. Um, and that we actually made it was, yeah, incredible and an incredible feeling. And and also for him, you know, especially what he was going through at that moment, um, to have something to celebrate for, to, to, to laugh, uh, to be happy about, you know, despite what was going on, that was that was an amazing feeling for for him, for for the whole team. It brought us together. It was it was it was you know you you got one of these moments in your life that that you just uh, celebrate with each other or accomplish uh, uh, something big. Edson Bravheid and Ten Hag still stay in touch. Ten Hag recently helped Edson with his foundation to promote mental health for football players. There's a link in the description of this episode if you want to support that as well. Alright, so soon after Ten Hag reached European football with FC Utrecht, Ajax came knocking on his door. The club from Amsterdam had been struggling in the 2017-2018 season. Ten Hag stepped in halfway through the season and wasn't able to make an impact in his first months at the club. The season ended disappointingly for Ajax, with rivals PSV claiming the championship title. Some Ajax fans were quick to express their dissatisfaction and certain newspapers were already calling for Ten Hag to get the sack after being in charge for a matter of months. However, the next season would prove to be truly spectacular for Ajax. The club brought in players like Dusan Tadic and Dedi Blind in the summer of 2018 and Ten Hag got to work with his Ajax squad for a full pre-season for the first time. Although there wasn't much time to prepare, Ajax qualified for the group stages of the Champions League after surviving three qualifying rounds. They then marched through the Champions League group stage unbeaten, drawing twice with German champions Bayern Munich. Next up were Champions League winners Real Madrid in the round of 16. 
an extraordinary test. Ajax lost the first home leg 2-1. I spoke with Ajax captain Dusan Tadic about that game a little while back. Here's Dusan Tadic on Ten Hag's tactics in that game. First leg, uh, we were a much better opponent. I think we deserve much more. And uh, they were really lucky that game. And everyone who who watched that game, they have same feeling. And uh, they get feeling that... Uh, that we can uh, beat them and that we can go to the next round. And uh, yeah, in first game we know that uh, they want to put uh, high pressure. And then uh, normally when they do high pressure uh, and if they go, they go a little bit like one against one, one against one. And then we agree a little bit to invite them uh, to press us because yeah they go also out with uh, Modric and Cross sometimes in that game and Benzema with all people and they stay one against one and then we agree a little bit that we play drop ball on me because always when opponents play against us one against one we play drop ball and then from then on uh, we we play and uh, we create them a lot of uh, problems in the first like. So Ajax lost the first leg at home, but they were confident they could turn things around if they would follow their game plan in the second leg, even though they tweaked it a bit. Here's Dusan Tadic on what Ten Hag said after the first leg and how they approached the return in Madrid. Always he give a good message and also he tried to convince us uh, that... But also players, they have same feeling that we, we did good game and that we deserve much more and that uh, we will next game uh, we we can beat them and this happened yeah feeling of the team was uh, was great it was a great atmosphere and ambience and uh, we gave that uh, good feeling and uh, we have that belief and also i think in you know, knockout phase of champions league always is uh, special you know it's always uh, good tension and uh, yeah it's knockout phase you cannot make mistakes and then uh, then is even more interesting our lineup was uh, Onana, Daily Blind, uh, Matthijs De Ligt, uh, Mazrui, Shone, Frankie, Tagliafico, Neres, Van de Beek, Ziyech and me. Yeah, my role in the team is a little bit uh, uh, swimming nine, <laughs> let's say uh, false nine and uh, I have freedom to move everywhere and to and normally uh, we are attacking a lot of opponents and uh, and always is difficult a little bit uh, because me say if center backs follow me then it's a lot of space for runners from second line and uh, they we did that very good with the Donny with the David with the uh, Hakim also with our full backs involved and then uh, let's say if uh, we like always to overload one side, if ball is on uh, this side, uh, normally I'm most of the time on both sides and I, I drop a lot, much more than uh, normal strikers. And then most of the time defenders follow you a lot. We try to create three number tens and to have always two players on opposite side uh, running in the space. The plan came together perfectly. Ajax absolutely humiliated Real Madrid on their sacred home turf. The game ended 1-4, with Tadic setting up two goals and scoring one. It was an absolute masterclass by Ten Hag's Ajax. And Tadic! Ajax have their boots on the throats of the champions! 
Dusan Tadic is 33 years old now. He's played under Ten Hag during his entire time at Ajax so far. The Ajax captain isn't thinking about hanging up his boots just yet. Although, when the time comes, chances are he wants to become a manager. In that case, he already knows who his examples will be. Yeah, if I would be, probably I will be like uh, Eric Ten Hag and Alfred Schroeder. Uh, this was uh, my best coaches what I have and uh, I'm sure they are one of the best in the world. And uh, yeah, this is uh, that way what I would like that my teams play. And uh, yeah, they are both amazing. Alfred Schroeder was Ten Hag's assistant at Ajax that season when they beat Real Madrid and Juventus to reach the semi-finals of the Champions League. Schroeder has had several coaching stints in Germany, Spain and Belgium since then, but he will return to Ajax to succeed Erik ten Hag this season. Ten Hag was Ajax manager for over four and a half years. He won the league three times and finished the 2019-2020 season in first place when the competition was halted and annulled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Furthermore, he also won two domestic cups and a Super Cup. Ten Hag is now considered to be up there, with legendary Ajax managers such as Rinus Michels, Johan Cruijff and Louis van Gaal. It always took Ten Hag a bit of time to implement his philosophy as a manager at every club he went to. But in the end, every club he managed was sad to see him leave. I can only hope Ten Hag will get the time and backing he deserves at Manchester United, so he can do what he does best. And I also hope he will remember to put his pants on the right way this time. I want to thank Marnik Skolder, Sandrino Misijan, Tobias Schweinsteiger, Edson Bravheid, Ruud Boymans and Dusan Tadic for their interviews. Follow this podcast in your podcast app to never miss an episode. And if you want to show your support, please give our podcast a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That actually really helps us. Alright, my name is Sam van Raalte. Thank you for listening and see you at the next story in the home of football. Hi guys, Frankie here. I just filmed the podcast with 433. I'm Mario Götze. My name is Clarence Seedorf. Hi, I'm Sunil Chetri. I just finished my podcast with 433. Hello, 433 fans. This is Jibril Cisse. Yo, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Andy Bauer, aka Mr. Beast Mode. And I just finished the podcast with 433. Hi, 433 fans. It's Don Robbie in the building, right? And we are here for a great podcast. I want you to check it out. Hi, 433. I am Fabrizio Romano. Check out my story on the podcast. It was a great pleasure. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.